All right, how's it going tonight, everybody? We are Run the Real featuring Mike, Terry, Fox, and Dan. And we're back in our slasher movie category with a uh, early holiday. Yeah. What is it? Yeah, what's this holiday, Fox? This holiday? It's it's one of our favorites. It's mm. April Fool's Day. Favorite might be a strong word. I don't know about this. Yeah, the favorites. <laughs> I know it's TV's favorite. I think it's lame. He loves to get pranked. He says, all you people, all you listeners, come prank me. No. How <laughs> <I> dare you. <laughs> Who put that whoopee cushion on my recording chair? <laughs> I love April Fool's Day. It's fun. I just love how nuts Reddit goes with it. Like, you hop on Reddit on April Fool's Day, you can't believe nothing. Every company's like throwing out these crazy things. And sometimes I forget. And then I'm like, oh, that sounds cool. And it's like, oh, that's not actually happening. <laughs> yeah, it's always worse when it's something like good that they're like, we're going to do a cool thing. Yeah, <laughs> instead I don't know of... why they ever do that because <laughs> it seems like such a horrible decision. Make up something bad if you're going to make something up. Come on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but we're going to review the holiday uh, movie, actually. <laughs> April Fool's Day. Not, not a review of the holiday itself, just the movie. <laughs> <laughs> just the movie the holiday movie um yeah this movie was released in 1986 and uh what, what's the synopsis of this one fox you know what i don't have imdb pulled up so i'm just gonna wing it here all right perfect a uh eccentric college student invites a group of her friends out to her parents island mansion where sinister events unfold. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it just so happens to be April Fool's Day. <laughs> yes, and it's conveniently April 1st. Which honestly kind of feels weird for like a, you know, like a supposed horror slasher. Like the whole time I was like, wait, this is April, not October? Yeah, it's like spring. Yeah. Death can occur any time of the year. <laughs> Ooh, that should have been the tagline. <laughs> we're we're going to spoil this movie. Uh, we, we won't prank you. But yeah, spoilers. Yep. Beware. And this is one, if you're interested, watch it before listening. The spoilers will ruin this for you. <laughs> this is true. There are some twists and turns, surprisingly, in a movie called April Fool's. Yep. <laughs> Maybe one or two. Yeah. What did you guys think? April Fool's Day. You know, I I didn't read a lot about this one beforehand. But I, I, I did see just a little quote on Wikipedia from a critic that called it a slasher for people who don't like slashers. I concur with this. Have, yeah, having watched it, I think I get it. Yeah. <laughs> what, what, what do you think it means? I don't know if I understand. It's a slasher movie that is light on the blood and gore. It's light on, like, the stupidity. There's no, like, nudity or anything in it either. Or what we get is pretty pretty mild compared to other slasher franchises of the era. It's very tame. It's more interested in setting up an interesting scenario than it is, like, trying to shock you. I see. That makes sense. Yeah. I get that. Yeah. It seems like it uh 
the only thing that precludes it from being a full-blown slasher is just the fact that it doesn't dive all the way in on all these tropes. You know, like, it has all the same tropes, it just doesn't explore them to the point whatever, I don't know. I hate to say exploitive, not every slasher is exploitive, but... I think slashers are meant to be exploitive. At least on, like, the violence end, you know, watching people die. Yeah. That's... Even at that base level, I guess, you know. It's supposed to be titillating in one way or another. I liked it. I thought it was pretty good, actually. I wasn't expecting it to like it as much as I ended up liking it. Me either. You know, I, just, I was expecting just a regular kind of Friday the 13th-esque slasher, you know. A bunch of college kids on a secluded island up in the Northeast. That's what I was too, but we get something... It's a a little bit more than the sum of its parts, which is nice. A nice change, a nice surprise. I don't know. I was kind of bored most of this movie. The It was kind of funny at the start, I thought, with all the dudes, like, sliding into the girls' DMs on the ferry. <laughs> that, was, that was cracking me up. That was pretty good. But I kind of wanted, like, people to start getting killed a lot faster than it happened and then it kind of saved like most of that it seemed for the last maybe 15 minutes and then i don't know the twist at the end you're either gonna like it or not like it i thought it was kind of cheap but i mean the movie april fools me so i guess i get what <laughs> get what i was gonna get from this movie yeah I, i'm with you mike i wasn't very excited about during this movie, at least. It didn't really grab my interest that much. Um, I thought it wasn't... I guess, you know, like what you guys were saying about lacking a lot of those slasher elements, I think that might be partly why it wasn't grabbing my attention, you know? Because I didn't really like the characters, and, I mean, I don't know, just... A lot of it is just focused on them kind of just hanging out and doing things. And April Fool's pranks and stuff like that, but I don't know. Yeah, I kind of I was kind of bored for a lot of it, too. I do feel like I need to explain myself a little bit because you guys are right. You know, you pointed out, Mike, a lot of the kills don't happen for a ways in. And even then, most of it's kind of saved for later on, which I had that exact same criticism when we did Prom Night 2. But I, I think for this one, what sets it apart from Prom Night is that it almost feels like, like a whodunit, like a slasher and a whodunit had a baby. And I think I really preferred that to just the melodrama of high school that we got from Prom Night 2. Well, and adding on to that, Fox, I think the writing in this is a lot better than it should have been, too. <laughs> and I think that helps it, since it is trying to be a slasher slash whodunit movie. It's not like, you know, I'm not. it's not going to win any awards for the writing, but for the genre... I think it's pretty pretty dang good, actually, um, considering all the other stuff it, it's up against, you know? Like, the jokes are pretty good. They all work. Um, people say interesting things for the most part. It, it knows when to wink at the camera at appropriate times. Um, it can build up tension with it sometimes, too, when it's necessary. So, I, that... I think, got a lot more points for me. Gotcha. Yeah, I guess I just didn't feel a lot of what you were saying there. I didn't really think it was all that more impressive than anything else I've seen. And 
I just thought the yeah the characters were so like unlikable for me, and I just didn't really care what happened. I like kind of liked the um, the like nerdier chick who's like reading the book at the beginning, but then she kind of just disappears. Uh, I don't even think we get to see what happens to her, uh, and then everybody else is kind of just like all a jerk. Her body just pops up in the well. I think at a certain point, I, we call we were calling her the new girl because she was the one that was new to the friend group that didn't know anybody else. Let's see. I have her name listed here somewhere. Let me look. Nan. It, her name's Nan. Nan. Yep. Yeah. Well, she she has an interesting thing which we can get into with the spoilers. But yeah, you don't get to see her die. And she's the one I liked the most too. Yeah. So it's kind of a shame when she disappeared. Everybody else is kind of like generic teens. It felt like to me. I kind of liked the southern accent guy just because he was different. <laughs> he um, was, great. was so weird. <laughs> he was so funny. Yeah. I don't know. I just didn't connect a lot with the story or the characters. I guess. I I like the uh, the broy dude, uh, the frat guy. His name's Art in this movie with the polo. Yeah, Biff. He's Biff from, um... Is that who he is? From Back to the Future? He was my favorite. That scene where he had to share a room with that one, the other guy. And he's he's like, hold me like a man can hold another man. Oh, man. I made a note about that scene. I loved that. Like, you're like, ah, some 80s homophobia. But no, they're just two bros having a good time. Yeah. Wasn't he the guy who was like, with my raw talent? (laughs) No, that was Al. That was the Southern guy. He was like trying to make the speech. Was it? I don't know. Yeah, th- th- there were some goofy lines in this. I did appreciate it, but it, it just went on too long without advancing stuff for me. Um, like, I-, I get the whodunit aspect of this movie, but they don't really explore that like something like Clue does. Like, who killed who with what? Um, and I wish they would have dove into that more if they were going to take this angle with... Um, saving a bunch of the kills and stuff to the end because this was pretty much just like an hour of people you know just putzing around and then finally some kills trying to bang each other yeah yeah that's fair i mean i i guess i liked pretty much everybody besides the last couple that was left alive like we got down to the end and i was like really like the two ones that i liked the least are the last ones (laughs) the angry guy and the other person yeah dramatic guy yeah me i don't want to go to medical school or whatever i'm not serious and the mean girl that he's with yeah i didn't really like them either that much i enjoyed everyone else though i don't kind of almost reminded me of dazed and confused with the rest of the cast it is a very big cast so i think that that i liked most of them is a pretty good accomplishment i mean like in a lot a lot of other slashers you're just waiting for everybody to get killed right but I actually liked these people, and I didn't want them to die for the most part, you know? <laughs> yeah, I was the opposite. I was like, when are these people going to die? And they don't. <laughs> yeah, same. <laughs> oh. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I, yeah, we just were on different sides on this one, I guess. I, I have a question. Um, I've been thinking about this. Was, like, everybody in on the joke, or did... Well, we should probably explain that the end of this before we get into that okay (laughs) yeah let's do that then however you guys want to do that because i I can just do it so it it 
it turns out, and this is what's going to make or break the movie for you, probably. Um, it turns out at the end of the movie that everybody who had died and like the whole twin thing that they got set up was um, fake because Muffy, yep, that's Muffy. her name. <laughs> yep, that's her name. Uh, <laughs> because our hostess, Muffy, has a plan that when she gets the house, um, she's going to turn it into like a resort for murder mysteries. So everybody who goes there gets the experience of murder mystery type thing and try and figure out what happened. So nobody actually died. Everybody who died was in on the joke. Well, and so this will answer your question, Mike. They weren't in on it until like they died, quotation marks. And then they were told what was going on. And then they played along with the rest of it. Gotcha. Because I was, I must have missed that because I started thinking about it again. I was like, wait, were they in on the joke the whole time? And then we just got to see these kill scenes of them or yeah, quotations, kill scenes. I think the, the, the ship guy was, and the, the police guy were both in, in on it, but that's it. The ferryman, his son and the, uh, oh, the cousin or whatever, right? Oh yeah, the, the the hit guy we liked, right? Oh yeah, the cousin. Yeah, yeah, he was. He was actually her brother. Yep. Like so, is the cousin, the fairy guy, the fairy guy's son, and the constable were all in on it. Well, and Muffy too. From the beginning, yeah. Then everybody else got like recruited, I guess. I I must have missed that. From the end, very very end. I wonder if Nan was in on it as well, because she did say that. Her and Muffy were in their theater drama class together. And judging from, like, how she acts at the end, they might be a couple. I, I'm not sure. Ooh, that's what we thought, too. A little nod at that. <laughs> I, I think they're a couple, and I think that they were, that she may have known what was going on and was playing along with it, too. Maybe, yeah. I don't know, because she brings up a line about how she might have pushed things too far by putting, like, weird secrets in everybody's room. I guess, because the only people we know about with the weird secrets are, uh, what? well, I can't think of their names, but the reading girl, Nan, is what you said, and then um, Hal sees, like, that weird car accident thing. Oh, and I guess that one chick has, like, the chains and the cuffs and the masks, the leather stuff. Yeah. <laughs> The bondage gear. I like how they never really explain that stuff, you know? All the other pranks pretty much get explained away as having a purpose as clues. But then there's the bondage gear. <laughs> That's just for fun. That, is, yeah, that was just for it, fun. It wasn't a clue. <laughs> just forgot to put those away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she forgot to put that away before they really <laughs> And then she was just like, hmm, yeah, it was a clue. I've never seen that before. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I guess where did we all land on it? What did you guys think of the ending? I, I liked it. I thought it was clever. Um... And I think it's clever because of the writing and all the puzzle pieces they put in place throughout the rest of the movie. Um, that's why I liked it, because it's like, you could potentially figure it out based on everything that's going on in the movie. 
And I like it when a movie can do that and make it work, you know, instead of just like pulling what a lot of those crime TV shows do where they just get the information and pull it out of their butt. So I always give props to if the writers can put the clues in there to make it all make sense, too. And I mean, even on a like on the movie level, it makes sense, too, because Watching this, I'm like, okay, all the, at the start anyways, I was like, okay, all these people, they're not like super great actors, but they're doing fine. But then you got the fairy man and like his son and they're not, I wouldn't say they weren't doing very good at acting during that part. And then at the very end, they address that. And he's like, I didn't think I had the, the chops to be a good actor. But Muffy was like, you could do it. And I was like, okay, that was pretty clever. I like that. His like salty seaman accent is very over the top. He sounds like a pirate. <laughs> yeah. So I, I liked it because they were able to sprinkle in enough clues for you to, that it makes sense and you could figure it out potentially. I thought it was kind of cute. Yeah, like, I mean, you know, I think with the title and the theme and all the pranks, you know, that possibility that it might all be a prank is kind of in the back of your head throughout. But the fact that they actually went through with it, because I feel like a lot of movies like try to do that, like make you think, is it real or not real? And then, you know, it's always horrible and terrible. But I kind of liked that this time it was like they actually were like, nope, it was all a prank. You were right. <laughs> you shouldn't have second guessed yourself. Hmm. I mean, it it fits with the title, like you said, Fox. Like, this whole movie is April Fool's, so it's a joke. But I was just kind of disappointed um, at the end. But I will concede, like, this, I do like that it goes for it, that it did it. That was kind of fun. And I do really like the last two characters' reactions to it. Like, they that was the most genuine feeling moments of the movie. Like when that, uh, I, I don't remember his name. The guy was in the closet. He was like locked in there and he thought the girl was dying. That was really, um, you know, like it was a good performance from him. It was genuine. So I can appreciate that stuff, but it, it feels like it was kind of cheap. And then at the end, I'm like, man, they took that too far. This joke went way too far. Like, I mean, it's the 80s movie, you know, so a mixed feeling about it. She did say, too, at the end that, like, what she had planned for their resort thing was not going to be even nearly as intense as what she made it for all her friends. Yeah, like, if if my friends did that to me, I'd be like, what are you guys even doing? <laughs> like, if you guys do take notes, do not do this to me, boys. <laughs> yeah, like, I know, yeah, I, we, we had the same thing. Like, if I thought you guys were going to murder my fiancé, I would be. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> I probably wouldn't be very happy. No. <laughs> To self, mm, changing some plans for the bachelor party. Uh, <laughs> <do not> <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Gosh. Yeah, I guess, yeah, let it be said that despite my enjoyment of the ending, I do not condone this behavior for real life. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I mean, it's it's a movie for a reason, so. Yeah, I guess I didn't, I, I should have seen it coming. I kind of felt dumb for not realizing. It's like, duh, it's called April Fool's. It's not going to be real. Um, but I, I also kind of felt a little, like, cheaped out by it, I guess. I don't know. It just was, like, eye-rolly to me a bit. I, I liked the, 
like ending after the ending, I guess, where like someone like snuck into her room and like quote unquote slit her throat. Turns out that was also an April Fool's joke. I was really hoping that that was actually like someone that was going to go up and kill her. Like she actually like went too far and like someone snapped or something. I thought it, that was what Nan was going to do, but. Yep. Yep. That's what I thought too. But yeah, it, it just didn't do it. And I was like, dang, well, okay. Cause it almost redeemed itself. It almost did for me the ending. So yeah. So I guess that's the way it ended. I, I, I do think, you know, we, we talked about the writing earlier. And I do feel like the beginning has some really good, like, structure, writing-wise. I feel like they do a great job of getting, like, an all, like, a, almost like an Agatha Christie feel. Like, they make a big deal of giving you what they're doing, like, why they're going there, where they're going, why they're isolated. Like, the whole first 20, 30 minutes is a very meticulously, like, developed, like, these are all of the things you need to know. We even get a tour of the set. She, like, gives them a house tour. Like, we, the audience, are almost in on it at this point because we've been given this, like, very specific setup. It even shows that people are going to get hurt, too, at the start as well. Uh, with, like, the wobbly chairs and stuff? No, no, with the, um, the fairy man's son getting smashed, quotation marks, by the fairy. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then putting that guilt over some of the members of the group not all of them but some of them which was nice because i mean that that is i like that a lot because a lot of other slasher movies the writers aren't going to address that at all it's like um i just watched what was it sleepaway camp yesterday um which we we should talk about that sometime too actually but um i mean for the most part in that somebody dies and they just hand wave it off but in this one like the dude doesn't even die he's in the hospital but that poor kid is worried about him and upset for like the entire rest of the movie and i was like okay i i, I can believe these characters even if they're you know they're they're still pretty much your generic slasher characters but because they do little things like that in there along with that structure that fox was talking about it really bumps it up a lot for me yeah i'll agree dan the characters thinking back on them were a lot better than i thought while watching the movie i liked that each character had their own little personality and quirks to them like the the girl reading the book at the start reading paradise lost um or the guy with the video camera always filming everything they have a little bit more depth to them than the like classic Friday the 13th um, characters most of the time. That's, yeah, I'd say some of them do. I don't know. Yeah, I would like the guy who thought he got that guy hurt. He definitely had some character, I think. Uh, the others I feel like you kind of have to read into a little bit. I don't know. Um, yeah, they're not they, amazing. They just felt bland to me. Yeah. I, I mean, they're, they're, they all were pretty... They all just felt to me like most of them just wanted to get laid like the whole time. Um, it was like their main motivation. And I mean, that is classic you slasher. Know, college like, isn't that far behind all of us. <laughs> yeah. Which, I'm, not, I'm just saying, yeah, I don't, I just didn't really, that's not a great <laughs> motivation for me to care about him, I guess is what I'm saying. I don't know. I liked how um, they had that dinner scene where they had the toast and everything, but they, they kind of showed, um, the character's vulnerability a little bit 
when they were worried about what they're going to do after graduation. Um, I was like, you know, that's pretty relatable. And that's something that's not explored in these movies very often. Yeah, it's their last big, big thing before they all move on to being adults. So for me, that that justifies a lot of the, I don't know, the classic horniness you get in the movie. See, it's like every... um everything like that has an explanation or a reason even if it's just a little one and that's why i like the writing so much and why i like this a lot because it's like keep in mind this is in the slasher genre of course so but they went the extra mile to put all that in there there's some i got out of that dinner scene a little bit of that like social awkwardness too fox that you're always talking about and i was like cringing a bit i was like oh no i get that awkwardness i I did we were talking and i did comment that (laughs) toasts are hard and i hate doing toast yep yep (laughs) (laughs) how do you even give a good toast is there like a wiki how for that or something Man, I I hope so. I need to read it. <laughs> <laughs> what was up with like the beginning scene of this? Was that just like to set up her love of pranks when she opens up the music box and it's like a weird monster inside instead of a normal thing? It sets up that basement scene. No, well, no, she's flashing back to like at her as a kid. Oh, you mean to her music box? Yeah. Oh. What was up with that? I guess I kind of felt like it was like she doesn't like to be scared herself was what i kind of got out of it yeah that she likes to do the pranks because she knows how it makes people feel but she doesn't want to get pranked her on her own because she never she doesn't ever finish doing the box yeah that's true i hate jack in the box by the way those things are so scary yeah those are the most suspenseful thing in all time yeah do not uh, yeah that's a creepy one in this movie too (laughs) who makes one like that screw alfred hitchcock the freaking jack in the box is the master of suspense (laughs) yeah that's exactly (laughs) right because you know something's it's literally the bomb under the table you know that thing's gonna pop out at you at any second and you've got to crank it yep it's up to the viewer to keep watching it's up to the jack in the box wielder to continue cranking Hmm. I was trying to pick out a visual moment for this movie, and I don't think I could find one that really stood out to me. I don't know. What did you guys think about the cinematography? It's all right. I mean, nothing special. They had some good ideas that um, I don't think were cinematography like related to that necessarily, but um, like, I think my standout shots were probably like when they find all the dolls in the attic or whatever Uh, yeah that was probably it for me because that was like just that whole last part of them running through the house is the the final two was pretty suspenseful i thought um but that was probably the best that or the well i think were the two best ones yeah i would have said the well whenever she falls down in there that wasn't a bad shot. Yeah. I don't think it was bad. Yeah, it just was okay. It it wasn't bad. It was serviceable. Um, I wish there could have been some cooler shots of the house and stuff. But, I mean, it's an 80s slasher movie, like we've been saying. And on that note, I do wish they would have used uh, the house a little bit more. Maybe some, some secret passages or something. Um, 
more clue stuff if they were going to go for this whodunit angle. Um, more of that classic Agatha Christie, you know, make the house a setting. I feel like they kind of tried to do that a little bit, like with the tour um, and the setup, but they just don't utilize it. I certainly wouldn't turn down more usage of the house with secret passages and stuff. I mean, I like what we got, but yeah, I could go for more. Maybe that would have kept me, yeah, more interested. Probably, yeah. Um, I won't hold it against the movie for me, but um, yeah, it would have been a cool addition. I, I thought they were going to do that because um, I forget which characters did it, but there was that painting that had the eyes flickering back and forth. The angry guy and his girlfriend, yeah. Yeah, and, and then they took it off and it was the clock. I mean, it was kind of creepy, but just, just more stuff like that is what I wanted. The second time, though, that they take the painting down. Ooh. That was awesome, okay? I mean, this is slasher light, but that was, yeah, like a, I would say a pretty solid slasher. I don't know, not kill, but moment. <laughs> Anything with that painting was like, probably my favorite like horror moment in this like there's not much of it but like just the eyes like cut out of it were really creepy and like you're just seeing it leaning against the wall without its eyes like looked weird to me i was like Ugh, i don't like that they did have some pretty intense slashery moments in this i thought man the one that got me the most though i think it was biff um, I forget his real name in this oh one. art art yeah <laughs> when he gets like caught but there's that snake there, and it's trying to get him. Oh, I couldn't watch that. So there's some pretty good ones in here, I think. Even though they ended up all being fake, they were pretty. They were they were pretty good when you didn't know. Yeah, I think some of them are better than others. Like I liked the snake one a lot. Um, I thought that was actually really good. And the body floating underneath the um the do the dock shed, whatever the boathouse, I guess is what that thing would be. That was like. A classic where they're getting down and dirty and then something happens. <laughs> yep, that was just like a typical slasher. <laughs> so there's like, I don't know, they're fine, I guess. It just wasn't, I don't know. I, I was already so bored, I guess, is probably my problem is that I was kind of hoping at least I'd be titillated that way, but we don't really get to actually like see anything happen. Like we don't even get like a cool, like, you know, like the black gloved killer, like just seeing their hand or something, you know, we, it's like we cut away and then they're, they disappear and maybe we find them again later. Maybe we don't. Some people just disappear. Like, it's just, I don't know. I could have used more slasher from the whodunit. There's a balance there that didn't quite hit for me. I agree, TV. If the, like, slasher aspect of this movie would have been more in play and we got kind of a cool costumed villain as the slasher that we got to occasionally see, like, maybe just standing outside the window or in the background during some kills... I feel like that would have been a lot more interesting. Give it another layer. Instead of just seeing the aftermath. Yeah. Yeah, I maybe I'm just accustomed to seeing that in slasher movies, but I do think having that menacing figure there helps out a bunch. And the slasher movies that continue all have that, you know? <laughs> you got Ghostface, Freddy, Jason... I feel like that would have definitely added Prom to night. this movie as well. Yeah. Prom <laughs> night. Mary Lou. <laughs> I mean, it, it could have been like, even if it's a theater thing, maybe they had the theater mask on and like a hood or something. I don't know. Oh, yeah, that'd be creepy. 
this movie just needed something else there to keep me invested and it just doesn't have that because i wasn't as invested in the story as it seems like you guys were the story and the characters i i just didn't care really besides the few uh little little guffaws that some of the characters got out of me for the most most of the time i i just needed something else there to keep my interest i will give you that i think the inclusion of the masked figure might have really pushed this movie yeah up another step for me i mean i i enjoyed it a lot had a lot of fun but i think that would have really yeah taken it to like not masterpiece level i mean not not at all but you know like the next level above b slashers so i have another question which which day was april fools because they spent a night there but they were they were doing <laughs> i think the first day was april fools <laughs> uh, yeah they do say that like five times that day yeah april fools yeah, I, that is a good point. I didn't even think about that. Technically, it's not April Fool's anymore. It's too late. You can't do the joke. I, I mentioned this a little bit too with the painting, but a lot of those gags they did were really good setups for later on in the movie when they turned deadly, like with that with the the picture. But another good one was the the doorknob when the guy gets locked in the dark room and he goes to open the door and the handle comes off. I was like, Oh no. So there's a lot of good setup and payoff with those um, practical jokes in this. There is, that was kind of one of the like social awkwardness things, I guess that I bring up a lot. Cause we were doing that beginning sort of sequence where they're all kind of going to bed, picking their rooms, finding little pranks. And the whole time I was like, is this funny or should I be creeped out by their creepy friend? Like, what am I supposed to feel here? Amused or scared? Like, and I, I, I kind of liked that. I don't know. It kind of kept, I felt, I, I personally felt like it kept me on my toes in that regard for what, what, what to expect next. Yeah. It puts you in the character shoes. Cause some of them get creepy stuff and then some of them get fun stuff. Yeah. What was the point of like, just like the, bringing up the creepy stuff from the past was it just to generate intrigue i guess i I just didn't seem like it was well connected like the baby crying thing yeah like the people like the newspaper clippings that hal i think was his name finds in his room and like the the tape that the book reading lady finds it's just they never come back i mean i don't know it's like i guess this is stuff that happened in the past to them that was bad but why did why bring it up like i don't know it just seemed weird to put them on edge so that they're uncomfortable and think something might be wrong muffy tells them that the clippings at least like they were supposed to think that she had a crazy twin who like had murdered people on the island and then was institutionalized and had escaped and come back and was killing them so like they, they were supposed to figure that out with the newspaper clippings so i i can't speak to the baby crying thing though that felt kind of weird and it was weird that they like addressed it later, and she was like, "Sorry, I took it too far with some of you guys." And <laughs> yeah, well, no, and Hal had like the the car crash stuff, right? Like, oh yeah, that's. I guess I thought that was part of the newspaper clippings that were like the twin might have been killing people. No, well, he comes back saying like, "I had an accident. Everybody has an accident." Like I thought he was involved with that. Well, he was in a car accident, so she probably just got some stuff related to one and put it in there to freak them out oh. some same with the baby like it, it's freaky if the killer knows something about you that's personal 
I see. Yeah, I thought it was some dark past he had. I'll give it the baby thing is weird, though, because, yeah, that one seemed the way it affected that girl and like what a personal thing that is. She's she's an interesting case because that scene at the end, like, makes me think that they were they they were a couple, maybe. And um, and maybe that was the whole result um, from her previous thing that they worked through or whatever. And they were just using that as like more set up for the rest of the guests. I would agree with that. Like, I felt like like the reason that she was so because like they kind of set it up like Nan doesn't know the other people in the friend group. And she's like the quote, quote, new girl. But then Muffy knows this deeply personal thing about her past. And Nan is like really hurt that like Nan chose to do that joke. And like nobody else knows it, which kind of makes me think that, yeah, maybe Nan and Muffy are a little closer than everybody else knows. I kind of wish that these, like, I don't know, I felt like they could have, like, done some more with, like, pointing the fingers at each other or something. Because it feels like they kind of all just assume it's Muffy or Muffy's <laughs> evil twin. Um, yeah, they do. <laughs> oh, well, the sheriff makes them think that, though. Right. And, like, I, I could have used a little more suspicion with everybody. I don't know. Like, so, there's, like, more suspects than just the evil twin, you know. And then I was like, oh, maybe it's the book reading girl because she just literally disappeared all of a sudden. But no, she she that wasn't it wasn't her either. Like, I don't know. I just... They've got all these like clues laying around, but there's never, it's always, it all just points to one person. It doesn't really, yeah, I don't, I could, I don't know. I didn't like that as much. I think I, as the viewer, was pointing the finger a lot. Like I was like, it's too obvious. It can't be Muffy. What if it's that guy or Nan or that guy? It's going to be somebody else, right? Which kind of comes back to that ending of like, they actually go through with that little seed they plant with the title of the film. Just, I don't know. But you're right that the characters don't do a lot of finger pointing. I thought it was Muffy for most of it. But yeah, like I said, then I switched gears. because like, ah, oh, my favorite character disappeared. It must be her. No way. And then it, I guess it technically wasn't anybody, which is the twist. It wasn't. What was her? What did she say? Her brother's name was Buffy. Yeah. Like there was Muffy and there's Buffy. <laughs> what, a, what a great name for both of them. <laughs> <laughs> I am wondering, like the characters were at the beginning, what like that's short for, if that's like their actual name. <laughs> yeah, that was funny. I wasn't sure either this whole time, because I thought it was, it could be Muffy, and then I thought it was like the, um, the fairy man and his son had come back, but then when they figured when they were told that they were still at the hospital, then I was like, ah, it's Muffy again, or maybe she actually isn't in on it. And then they showed like that she had a phone in her room when she, and she didn't tell anybody else that. And so I was like, ah, okay, she's, she's up to something. I tell you what I really liked about this movie. One of my favorite things was the music. Yeah. I liked the music a lot too, actually. It reminded me a lot of the X-Files theme. <laughs> oh, yeah. The whistling stuff was cool. I liked that. Yeah, it was good, though. I liked, At least I liked the whistling stuff. The stuff that didn't have like that cool, like I guess, the theme or whatever, that was just not as good, I didn't think. But the, the, like, the main like chunk of it was decent and really... Actually, yeah, a little different than what I was expecting, but good. I guess they had some of that like uh, like plucked violin noise like you'd hear in like Insidious. And I, I did feel like it might have been a little out of place just because I didn't feel like it was scary enough to warrant plucked violins. 
a minor, minor gripe that I, I don't hold against it, really. <laughs> what about the end credits song? What the heck? That was weird. <laughs> that was awesome. What are you talking about? <laughs> bum, 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 bum. Oh, jeez. Oh, my God. Is this like, <laughs> I don't know, it kind of went with the whole we're having a good time fun thing here kind of vibe yeah. that the movie has. It was kind of weird, though. <laughs> mm, well, does anybody have anything else about this one? Are we ready for some overall presentation? I'm good to go. Let's do it. All right, what's the, the scale, TV? We got a scale that goes from burn it, pass, watch it, or buy it in that order. We're all going to give our spiel, and then we're going to see where this movie lands at the end. Who knows? But uh, you know what, Dan? I think maybe you should go first this time. Wow. Ooh, yeah. April Fools. <laughs> what? <laughs> Mike's going first, baby. <laughs> <Woo>! <laughs> I should have seen this coming. <laughs> I should have seen this coming. All right. As tradition, I'll, I'll do it. That was good. Tradition? We randomly select every time. Oh, yes. Yes. Sorry. Sorry. It's always April Fools with the random picker. Um <laughs> <laughs> yeah this movie i guess i'm kind of mixed on it i didn't really have that like great of a time watching this but it wasn't bad it's it's definitely not a bad movie it just didn't keep my interest for the most you know like the greater part of this movie they do have some interesting characters they do have some interesting like character like dynamics and there's some funny lines in here that got me to guffaw um a few times but most of this movie is like an hour before we get to the stuff I thought I was going to get out of this movie. And then the stuff, like the slasher stuff, wasn't too great. I wish there would have been like an actual tangible villain that I could see in this movie. And then the end kind of left me feeling cheaped out. I was like, oh, yeah, of course, the movie's April Fool's. But I, I conflicted about it because it did have some cool character moments seeing how those characters reacted towards it. Honestly, I got to give this one a pass, though. I did, I think there's other stuff that I would recommend more in the slasher category to people um, as opposed to this one. So pass from Mike. You know, I think a lot of these criticisms are valid, and I could easily see this movie being kind of polarizing just for what it is. I, you know, a lot of the movies we've reviewed for this have been arguably slashers and arguably not slashers. And this one, once again, I, I kind of feel like walks that line if only because it just doesn't delve into those exploitive tropes like showing us the kills, giving us some more gratuitous nudity, you know, people making really dumb choices instead of just the moderately unwise choices <laughs> they make in this one. But that said, I don't know, they're, they're, I just kind of had fun with it. I, I, I love movies like Sixteen Candles and Dazed and Confused, which I feel like I say probably every third review we do. <laughs> Sorry to get tired of hearing that. <laughs> and the first hour of this really does kind of fall into that vein. I think it has a great setup that's very reminiscent of like um, like Agatha Christie's And Then There Were None, with the way it just like very pointedly tells you why they're going there, where they're going, what they're doing, why they're going to be isolated, and then slowly they start disappearing one by one. And then ultimately it culminates into this very, I, I thought, fun ending. 
in terms of film. Obviously, don't do this to anybody in real life. But in terms of film, I thought it was fun, it cute, it got a chuckle out of me. I'm going to give it a buy, to be honest. I, I kind of picked this one on a whim, just seeing it on Recommendeds on Amazon after watching Prom Night 2. And it, I would say it was almost kind of a sleeper hit with me. I'm probably going to throw this one into my yearly October rotation, maybe maybe back-to-back in it with Cabin in the Woods, even. I just think it's kind of a fun, easy horror. Not too intense, not too scary, just a fun pizza and beer kind of movie. Yeah, I'm not as into it, I guess, as Fox, and it sounds like Dan is. Um, it's, I just didn't really like the characters that much. Um, you guys did bring it up a little bit in my eyes. I did. I was going to go a little darker with my rating on this. Um, so maybe you boosted it up, but I guess we'll see oh. where I end up landing. <laughs> um, but, you know, like, there is some decent stuff. I do, I think, the honestly, the that whistling music was probably my favorite part. I thought that was actually really cool. Um, there's some okay stuff with like the slasher elements. The guy with the snake was okay. Um, but really, yeah, I I don't know. It just didn't seem like the, I didn't care enough about the characters to really get invested in this whole whodunit thing. I didn't think like there's enough finger pointing really to kind of throw me off. I kind of feel like there's only one suspect. And then when my mind got changed on a suspect, um, I was proven wrong. And the ending just didn't land for me that well, but I don't think it's, bad enough to burn i'm gonna give it a pass i was thinking about it when i came in here but you know what you guys have some good points there's some decent character moments i will give you that um even if i don't like them at least there's something to them sometimes so that's nice i guess so i'll I'll give it a pass i'll give it a pass most slasher films are known for having pretty bad characters um and you know they're exploitation films for for the most part. You've got some that go above that in their own ways, um, but this one really kicks um, that aside a lot more. Um, like we touched on, there's not really a lot of blood and gore in this. Maybe like one moment is pretty bloody, and that's about it. Um, there's not like any nudity or sex in this movie either um you get like one i don't know one shot that that's almost there but it isn't it really bucks those trends um which is an interesting thing to see but it replaces that by putting a little bit of extra work in with the characters and the writing and the story for this and i appreciate that because I, I liked all the characters for the most part, even if I got them confused sometimes because they were so similar looking and they um, there were so many of them. And I, I liked the ending too. They did a lot to set it up and put all the pieces in place so you could figure it out. And whenever a movie can do that and pull it off well without, you know, BS and some stuff to make it work, then I'm always going to give it... Um, a lot more points for doing that too. I also thought it was pretty funny too and had a lot of intense moments for what it was. So yeah, I liked it quite a bit. I'm also going to give it a buy it. It's not on the same levels like your Halloween or your Black Christmas um which really really do go above and beyond the their genre, but you know, this one's quite a bit different, a nice fun Halloween, kind of like a a trick-or-treat, I'd say. 
um, something fun you can watch to get you in the mood and show to somebody who hasn't seen it yet because you'll get a good discussion out of it. Yeah, I was surprised. I didn't think I, I, I'm glad at least Mike was on my side. I didn't think you guys would like it so much. Dang. <laughs> I, I was surprised. Yeah, I was not sure this one would land with everybody, you know. I enjoyed it. It was fun. I had a great time watching it. That's that's good. I would have never expected that from you, Dan. I never. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm glad you liked it. I'm glad you and Fox liked this one. You know, I I know I know what you guys do like though. And I got a question for you. Hello. Do you want to play a game? Did you hear that? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, you know what it is. It's the song guy asking if you want to play a game. <laughs> We're back for the season of Halloween. Another quiz is afoot. Oh, this time, yeah. multiple choice. Ooh. <laughs> to differentiate itself from the last one. <laughs> um, and you know what? I don't think Fox has gone first yet. So we'll start with Fox. We'll go Dan, and then we'll go Mike. All right. Are you ready, Fox? Oh, I'm ready. What is Jason's mother's name in Friday the 13th? Ooh. Oh, I got your point. I forgot there's multiple choice. Okay. A, Shirley. B, Paula. C, Pamela. Or D, Jasmine. Pamela. That is correct. Only because I remember playing the games and you could get the Pamela cassettes and I wasn't really sure who <laughs> Pamela was. <laughs> well, it's his mom. Now you know. <laughs> All right. Next up, Dan. Okay. In which original franchise Halloween film is it revealed that Laurie Strode is Michael Myers' younger sister? Oh, boy. Is it Halloween, Halloween 2, Halloween Resurrection, or Halloween H2O? It's not Halloween. Mm, I don't think it's two, but I'm not sure. H2O was the 20 years later, and then Resurrection was after H2O. Uh, and it's not in Resurrection, because that's the, the crappy um, found footage one, I think. So it's either H2O or 2. Oh, I want to say that H2O, they, she said something about it. So I'm going to go with Halloween 2. You're going with Halloween 2? Mm-hmm. That is correct. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Nice. You broke that down, Dan. I had to, I had to think real hard. That was some good work, <laughs> some good sleuthing. And you know what? Actually, not so bad as a sequel. Pretty good. All right, Mike. In which U.S. state does the first A Nightmare on Elm Street take place? Is it Ohio, Florida, Connecticut, or Michigan? Hmm. I'm trying to remember what Elm Street looks like. I'm going to say Michigan. That is incorrect. In, in fact, it is Ohio. I, I don't know. That was tough. Yeah, that one is tricky. All right, Fox, you ready? Oh, yeah. Funnily enough, it's another name question. <laughs> oh, no. What is Leatherface's family name in the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre franchise? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> is it Sutton, Hopper, Hewitt, or Sawyer? I'm going to go with Sutton. Nope, incorrect. It's Sawyer. 
sounds so innocent and disarming. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was Hopper at first, but you know, I've never seen Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Oh man, I've never seen it. I need to watch it sometime. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great movie. All right, Dan, I think you're next, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah. Uh, a personal favorite franchise of Dan's. In which Saw film does John Kramer <laughs> die? <laughs> okay. Is it Saw 2, Saw 3, Saw 4, or Jigsaw? I'm pretty sure it's 3 or 4. I've not seen all of these, though, so... Um, I I want to say 4 is where The Apprentice takes over, so I'm going to go with 3. That's correct. It's yes. three. <laughs> Dang. Nice. As someone who has recently watched these movies, I got it wrong. I guess four, but it's three. Is that the one where the like girl takes over? Or is it somebody else? It's somebody else in four. Um, four has like a gnarly autopsy scene at the beginning, and that's what I was thinking of. And I was like, oh, yeah, he totally died. All right, Mike. What is Candyman's weapon of choice? Is it... An axe, a knife, a hook, or a machine gun? Man, that's definitely a hook. Yep. <laughs> yep, that's correct. Man, nice. I'd love to see it with the machine gun. I know. That last <laughs> one's like, wait, what? Really? That's an answer? <laughs> we need a slasher villain who uses a machine gun. <laughs> it's more efficient, honestly. Yeah, I don't know why. All right. Uh, it's Fox's turn. Um. And what year listed on the photo? Oh, what is the year listed on the photo in the final shot of The Shining? Oh. 1921, 1926, 1934, or 1950? That's a tough one. I'm going to go with 34. Incorrect. It was 1921. Those are, year ones are tough, especially when they're like just all right next to each other, kind of. Dan. And Scream, what is rule number one on Randy's list of rules for surviving a horror movie? <laughs> is it don't split up? Don't say, I'll be right back? Don't have sex? Don't make jokes about the killer? This is a tough one. Um, <laughs> I don't, this is, this is going to be real tough. I want to say don't have sex is the number one rule, but I'm not sure it could be don't say i'll be right back as well uh, you know uh no I, i'm going with don't have sex that's correct yes my man again. i knew it that's <laughs> <laughs> just meticulously tearing apart each answer to find the right one dang this, this is the hardest think i've had all week so far <laughs> <laughs> gotta dredge up these from my memory we're <laughs> <laughs> digging it up yep all right, uh, Mike, what three words does Ash need to remember and pronounce correctly, which he fails to do, in Army of Darkness? <laughs> okay, now here's my, uh, let's see if Terry could pronounce all of these correctly. <laughs> in Amine Paradis, Clatu Barada Nicto, Adonetes Fortuana Evat, or Quid Pro Quo. <laughs> <laughs> what was the second one again? Klaatu Barada Nikto. I'm saying that one. That's correct. Nice. Nice. I, I remember the last one, the Nikto. All right. 
Fox, we're back again. Funnily enough, with another name question. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it. Why not? What's the goat's name from The Witch? Black, Black Philip. Oh, I don't even have to say it. Fox knows it from memory. I've got a t-shirt that says Black Coffee with a picture of Black Philip on nice. it. Nice. <laughs> That's good. The other options were Devil Goat, Lucy, or Black Betty. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. <laughs> Out of all of those. Yeah, Black Philip's the best one, honestly. And finally, Dan. In the strangers, why are they doing what they're doing? Oh, no. <laughs> Is it because they felt like it? Because you turned on the lights? Because you killed their parents? Because you were home? Oh, boy. It's, it's turned on the lights or because you're home. Oh, man. It's one of those two. I'm going to be happy if I get this right. But I'm, I, I don't know if I will because I did not like this movie. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm, oh man, it's one of those two. I'm gonna go with uh, the lights. Dang, your hot streak has ended. It's because you were home. It was because oh! you were home. Classic. I love that movie. You, you said because you turned on the lights, and, I, and my memory was like, that's it. So. <laughs> <laughs> they do do, there's a, a light does play a factor in like the beginning of the movie, I think. So that might be why you're thinking of it. But there you go, guys. Let's see. Let's round up these scores. What about Mike? He didn't Wait. get the last question. Oh, Are we out uh, of questions? Oh, hold up. Okay. Um, <laughs> Mike gets the bonus question. Let me get. Let me frantically... Uh, <laughs> there wasn't uh, an odd number of questions for the three of us. <laughs> Ooh, wait, I can, get, I can give you uh, one. <laughs> All right, let's do it. I, I want the random Dan question. I'll say this, if if you get it right, maybe you get a bonus point, if it's Dan's. Dan's ultra-hard question. So, Mike, what is the name of the planet from Alien, where they find the Xenomorph? <laughs> I knew this would be a hard one. <laughs> is it LT-295? <laughs> oh, God. Is it PT-786? Is it LV426? Oh my god. Or is it 9B785? You know, I thought it was going to be like actual names and not just, <laughs> just letters. Numbers. And letters. <laughs> numbers. <laughs> um, what was A again? A was, oh boy, I don't remember. <laughs> It wasn't the right one, I can it tell you that. that it wasn't A. <laughs> Maybe I could just go down. What was B? B was PT629. Okay. <laughs> and then the other two, <laughs> if I can ask. Three was LV426. And... The last one was 9B2S5. Oh, I have no idea. Of... I'm going to go PT. Ooh, you were close. It was the next one. LV426. Oh, oh, dang. I would have never got that. Yeah, that was pretty tough. Oof. That was a tough one, I'll admit. All right, so the numbers. Uh, Mike and Fox are tied with two points. Stan has three points. So he wins. Ooh. So there you have it. Well done. Now, whoever, who will become king of Halloween? 
I don't know. Find out next week. Is that what we get? Is that the prize? <laughs> I mean, if I had known that Hall- <laughs> King of Halloween was on the line, I mean. <laughs> you know, th- thinking back on my question now, we probably should have had Terry ask Michael one. I didn't know that Mike was one away from tying me when I asked uh, pretty close. <laughs> it's no. all good. Hey, if he would if he would have got it, I would have gave him a bonus point. So he would have beat you. Oh yeah. Look, I never said these games were perfectly balanced. I'm kind of a jigsaw myself in that regard. So. <laughs> <laughs> but who's next? Who's who's got the next movie for our final slasher film? Ah it's me. I've been getting some new wardrobe lately, boys. I got me a trench coat, a hat, and some black leather gloves Uh. that I'm going to put on. (laughs) And I'm going to pick Dario Argento's opera, or Terror at the Opera. Oh, yeah. I just watched Deep Red, so I was like, you know what? I'm going to pick an Argento for the slasher category. I'm excited for this, yeah. I do like Argento. This one, I, will, I won't reveal my hand. Well, maybe I already have. I don't know. I've seen it before, but I won't say if I loved it or not. Ooh, okay. Well, in the meantime, if any of you listeners out there want to get in contact with us, you can find us on Facebook or Twitter at Run the Real. Or you can email us at runtherealpodcast at gmail.com. Let us know what you think about April Fool's Day. That's what it's called, right? Not just April Fool's. Yeah, April Fool's April Day. Fool's Day. <laughs> Let us know. Yeah, I'd be curious to see where you guys land. We're divided at Run The Real, so we need your help. Let us know. Yeah. Well, yeah. Be sure to get in contact with us. Tell us your slasher movie recommendations. We've uh, We've got quite a few on here that... We're curious if they're slashers or not sometimes. So. Oh, that's true. Yeah. And how'd you do on the quiz? Let us know. Ah, are you the king and or queen of Halloween? <laughs> are we all the peasants? Put that mm. in the subject of the email. I am the king of Halloween. <laughs> the king of Hall- Oh, God, yeah. That's very official. If I see that, I'm reading that right away. That's important. Mark it as, yeah, very important. <laughs> Yeah. Anyways, yeah, be sure to get in contact with us. We love to hear from you. And be sure to tune in next week for the finale of the Slasher movies. Thanks for listening to us tonight. We really appreciate it. This is Run the Real, signing off. It will be edited. The scissors are coming to cut. <laughs> Terry's gonna slash it up. Yeah, I've become a slasher myself, eh? <laughs> I'm somewhat a slasher myself. <laughs> the Jason Voorhees of the editing room. Uh, yeah. Ooh, I like that.